Welcome to On the Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Hi, I'm Andy Simon, your host and your guide. And remember, my job is to help you get off the brink. What I would like to do is help you find a way to see, feel, and think in new ways so that you can change. And so this is all about not only seeing and believing, but acting as well. I find women who will help you do just that. So today I have with us Janine Furpo. And Janine is a chapter in our new book, Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's important that you know that because that book has 11 women in it, myself included, and Janine, and you'll hear about her today, who have in fact smashed the myths. They've looked all around them to see what the hurdles were and just jumped over them. And not everybody can smash that glass ceiling, but so many can find new ways of doing great things. And what we want to talk today about is money. So I'll tell you a little bit about why Janine's so important for you to hear and see. Janine is an author and a speaker. She has a new book coming out, who spent more than 20 years in executive roles at Hewlett Packard, the World Bank, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and more. She's a value-aligned investor, and we'll talk about that, in companies that make the world a better place. She's passionate about teaching women to learn how to invest their own money. And she'll tell you a little bit about the statistics about women and their money. I know it sounds strange, but, you know, we may make it, we may spend it, but we don't always love it. Her new book, Activate Your Money, Invest to Grow Your Wealth and Build a Better World, is coming out in 2021. The company Janine has founded is called S-E-M-B-A, Semba, Semba Semba.com, and it will create a community for those looking to take control of their investments and bring them in line with what matters most to them. It isn't just about investing and getting a return. It's about making a difference. And that's what we're doing today. Janine, thank you for joining me. Well, thank you. And that was an amazing introduction. I don't think I could have done it as well myself. So thank you. <laughs> it is funny when we hear ourselves in that kind of a mirror and we say, who is that? So help our listeners. Who is Janine? Tell us about your own journey. It's a great story in our book, but I love sharing it on our podcast and making it come alive. Sure. So I am a retired executive. Um, I spent 35 years working in technology and international development before I did what I'm doing now, which is writing and trying to help women around their money. And I started out fairly traditionally in the high-tech sector in the Silicon Valley, did that for about 15 years. And as an avid traveler, I at one point left a job that I had. I was a vice president of a startup company. I left that position. And I did a four-month solo backpacking trip through sub-Saharan Africa. And I spent about four or five months on that journey. And during that time, I saw poverty like I'd never seen it before. I was just enthralled with the country, with the people, the countries that I was visiting, the people I was seeing. And I decided that I wanted to shift my life and to start doing work that made a difference in the world, that actually helped solve some of the problems that I saw around me. And so that's what I did. And I spent over 20 years looking at the role technology could play in solving problems of poverty, particularly around money and particularly around empowering women in these other countries with money. Because we know that when women are able to control their money, everything changes, as Melinda Gates is famously said. And it's true. When women have control of their money, they start investing it in the things that matter to them. And because of the journey that I was on in my career, I was also part of a lot of conversations in the Silicon Valley and the the Bay Area and elsewhere around what's become known as impact investing, which is the idea of putting your money to work 
in ways that are trying to solve the problem and build the kind of world that you want to see in the future. So 10 years ago, I realized that I had made an enormous shift in my life to live it and work in alignment with my values. And my money was being invested in the things that I was spending my life's blood trying to solve. And I decided it's time for me to put my money in alignment with my values. And I've been on that journey ever since. Now, it's been a hard uphill climb, and I decided it should not have to be that hard. I wanted to make it easier for other women. And so that's why I wrote the book, Activate Your Money, was to take what I've learned on my own journey and make that available to other women so they can invest this way too, much more easily. So tell us about the book, because... And you and I have both now written books, and it is a story that we're telling for others to benefit in some fashion. You know, we've learned some things and we want to share it. This is a sharing time. So what's coming together in the book? Because I think it's a very interesting time for that book to be published. Well, I think it is too. And and a couple of things came together, which was really interesting during the course of writing this. I mean, in the beginning, my intention was to just give women insight into the types of investments they could make with their cash, with their fixed income, with their public equities across all asset classes in things that matter to them. And to do that in a way that they're not giving up any financial return. So I just want to be really clear at the outset, because that is a concern people have with this kind of investing is that it means you're giving up financial return. That is not what I'm about. I'm about getting all my financial return and investing in ways that matter. But what I learned along the way is that as women, even if we're accomplished, even if we have MBAs, even if we've worked in the financial sector, even if we have tens of millions of dollars of net worth, we don't feel confident around our money. We don't understand investing. We don't understand the language. We are embarrassed to ask questions. And I realized that women just need some basic understanding of what investing looks like as well. And so this book is really a combination of both of those things. It goes literally by through every type of investment you can make. It explains what that type of investment is, how it works, and then points you specifically to investments that you can make that are values aligned. And it gives each chapter ends with the take action section that gives you specific steps on how to move your money in that asset class in alignment with your values. There'll also be a a website that goes along with the book. The content will be free to access and it will provide a number of tools and spreadsheets and other information to help women dig deeper and to actually take real action with their own assets and to build that investment confidence. The gap is that for some reason, women are raised to be able to manage the home, spend the money, but they have a very uncomfortable relationship with that money. And, and it's sometimes, and their investments sometimes do far better. They're far more structured and repetitive. And they put more money in the bank when they have their 401ks than the guys do. But they don't think of themselves as wise investors. They're afraid of being consciously incompetent, as we say. You know, I don't know. And I'm afraid to make a choice. And often they follow somebody's advice that has nothing to do with what really matters to them at all. So I have a hunch that there's a, a gap filler here where the book can begin to make them competent and confident. Is that where we're going? That's exactly where we're going. And so you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. Only 9% of women 
believe that they will be better investors than men. And yet we do outperform men. In fact, we can outperform them by as much as 0.4% to 1.8%. So we do a lot better. The challenge is that we want to feel informed before we take that risk or before we make that decision. And nobody has really helped teach us how to make those decisions effectively. We're not generally taught by our mothers, um, which is our general source for this. Most personal finance books that speak to women or speak to people in general are really targeting key lessons like earn more than you spend, save your money, buy a will, have a will, have a budget. Very basic things. A 300-page book, and I've actually calculated this, a 300-page book will have 30 pages on investing. That's it. We're told to save. And you know what? We listened really well because according to Elvest, which is an online financial site for women, we keep 71 cents on the dollar in cash. cash. So we save and that makes us feel like we're doing the right thing because that's what we've been taught. But the truth of the matter is because inflation actually eats more of our cash than we are paid in interest by our banks. We lose money over the long term when we invest in cash. And as a result, there is a gap in how much money we have when we retire. Men retire with substantially more money than women. And in part, it's because we don't take these investment choices. So I firmly believe that if women feel that they have the information they need, if they have a community of women to help them, they will feel more confident around their investments. They will do more investing and they will um, do better in terms of growing their growth and their wealth. There are a couple of things that are shooting through my mind, one of which is the paradox of choice. Uh, There's so many options that people become immobilized. And as a listener listening into what Janine's talking about, I have a hunch you've been overwhelmed at times and not knowing what to do. Cash seems like not a bad solution. You know, I'll go to the bank and put it in a CD. Okay, that eliminates the, that's the stuff I know versus I don't. How do you help them make wise decisions when there are so many options? It's a great question and it can seem overwhelming. And that's why a lot of websites or podcasts that talk about the five simple steps to economic well-being tell people, well, just put your money in an index fund, do these two or three things. I've heard that. (laughs) Never worry about it again, right? Think that that is not great advice, particularly for women who have more capital. We need to be aware of our money. We need to have this knowledge and we need to understand this is more like a marathon. It's something that we should learn. It's something that we should pay attention to. And it's something that we should try to incorporate into our life. It can also be a lot of work, right? So one of the ways that I started learning about money early on was one was my mother um, was pretty amazing and she taught me, but I also joined a finance club when I was in my early thirties and I got together with a group of women I really liked every month and we would talk about and invest our money. And I think that's a really powerful way for women as well is to actually come together as a group speak about these things for six months to a year or forever. Some people stay in their finance clubs for a long time and learn together, do the research together, help each other make decisions. This for me is a group activity. 
And the book has been written in a way that allows women to work through it alone or in clubs like this. And there will actually be a full curriculum that will be developed along with the book that women can use and, and it can break down modularly so they can pick and choose the parts that they want to address. So I really advocate that we don't do this alone, but that we do it in community. And part of what I'm trying to do with Semba, the company that I've started, is to do just that, to help create a community of women who want to learn, along with the community of women who are available to help you, the financial advisors who know how to invest in alignment with your values, the women who are building products that are different than anything that's been in the market before, the women who are coming together to pool their resources to invest in other women. All of these types of people will be part of this community together. And I think that's how we as women are going to take this forward, not alone, which has been the traditional way you invest, but together. Now, a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. Simon Associates is us, and we love to help you see, feel, and think in new ways to help you and your business grow. We specialize in applying the tools and methods of anthropology but we're also entrepreneurs and business builders. And we like to share our experience and expertise with you. So if you're stalled or stuck or starting up, give us a buzz and let's see if we can help you as well. You can learn all about us at simonassociates.net and read my book, learn about it at andysimon.com. There's a free chapter you can download and a toolkit you'll find very helpful. We're on Amazon and you can buy it as a book, an ebook, or even an audible that I recorded myself. We look forward to hearing from you. At simonassociates.net, info at simonassociates.net is right to us. Now back to our podcast. Don't don't lose that thought because one of the things that men do often is they chat over that brandy or the bourbon or the, the cigar. And without those clubs, women have been solo, siloed uh, and alone. And in the absence of a place to talk to other women they can trust, and trust is important, and speak about it in a woman's language, and think about it in a fashion that fits their own style, their own personal brand, it's been difficult to find who do I trust. And the financial advising world is um, really uh, has done a big misstep because they don't address the woman at all. And very often, the financial planner or advisor talks to the man. 75% of the women leave their financial planner when their husband dies. Yeah. It's telling you something. We need to go someplace with someone who speaks my language. It's a different dialect. We think about things in a different way. And unless I hear it in a fashion that I feel trusting, I don't really, my brain will fly the other fashion. And if you make it too complicated, I don't like it at all. So how do I make it simple and easy to understand, but not stupid? Because I'm not. So these groups are really interesting. They're already emerging, and Semba is as well. Can you talk a little bit about what you're finding? So I couldn't agree more. In fact, I so believe in this idea of working together and collaboratively and speaking in women's language. I am not a financial advisor. I am not certified in any way. What I talk about in the book is my own journey in part, but to make sure that I got the information right and was really delivering something that could help women, I called upon other women I know who are certified financial planners, who are certified financial advisors, who do have these credentials, who have been the women who have been starting the angel networks and so on. And these women helped contribute to this book. So there have been over 150 women and a few men 
who were involved in putting this book together. What you're saying in terms of, there's also a group called Invest for Better that is actively helping women come together to create circles. It has a preliminary curriculum already. It's a group that I work very closely with. So there are ways that women can start getting involved in these kinds of efforts today. What we tend to do with our money is we tend to have a man handle it for us, whether it is a husband or a male financial advisor, an uncle, a father. (laughs) We just tend to throw up our hands and say, we don't know this stuff. We don't want to know this stuff. This is really boring. I don't have time for this stuff. And we give it up to a man to handle. But as you were suggesting, men do not invest the same way that women do. They don't. And what I have found super interesting, this is completely anecdotal information. I have no data to back me up. But what I have found, it seems, is that men are much more inclined to invest in individual companies in the stock market. They like it. It's fun for them. Women invest in an index fund. They don't want it. They don't want to spend as much time with it. I invest in index funds, but I also use my money to invest directly in female entrepreneurs. And I find this stuff really fun. I love it. I love meeting the entrepreneurs. I love getting to know what their businesses are. I love watching them. I love trying to help them succeed. So I'm not as inclined to invest in and an Apple or a Tesla or somebody like that, I'd rather own a fund. But I do have fun making a loan to the woman who's starting a bagel company in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That for me is great. Well, or putting my cash in a bank um, that's in my neighborhood that I know they're on lending to women and to underserved populations. That makes me feel good as well. Well, you know, at this time, before the COVID pandemic, of the businesses in the U.S. were owned and run by women. And I've worked with too many bankers who ignored them. And one young banker in a startup in a new community, I said, what are you doing for women? And he sort of rolled his eyes. I said, well, you know, they have 40% of the businesses. Are you not paying attention? Because that's where all your lending should be going. And they are so afraid of what the woman is doing. The language is fascinating. I don't care if you're pitching a venture capitalist or a bank loaner. They don't, they, there's a, a, a cultural divide where we have to come over that. So one of the, I think, really important things that could be as we transition here is that those banks really have to begin to see how women could become their next biggest market and help them all thrive. So your baker is a very important part. You don't want to be their bank, but you do want to help them get to the bank and then get those early stage money so that they can actually do better and also know how to pitch. There's a whole language that has to be taught here. It's an exciting time, isn't it? Yes, and I, so I would to that I would say a couple of things. So yes, I agree that those bankers need to be educated, but while they're getting educated and one way to educate them is take our money away from them yeah. and put it in the banks that already are doing this. And the great thing is there's absolutely other than the little bit of effort it takes to actually switch your bank, your money is not at risk. It's it is insured at any any bank that has been that the FDIC or another government agency called the MCUA follows and certifies, your money is guaranteed, right? And there are these financial institutions called community development financial institutions, CDFIs. 
They're all over this country and they give loans to the kind of women that you're talking about is part and parcel of what they do. They give loans to those kinds of businesses. They give loans to underserved communities to help them buy homes and to help them um, get cars and to help them do the things that make their lives better. So there are financial institutions that exist right now that we could easily shift our money to and move it away from the banks who are not serving women. And I think that is the best way to get people to pay attention is to actually follow, take the money. And the thing that's really interesting to me is right now in this country, as women, we control 50%, if we wanted to control our own money, we control 50% of the wealth in this country. And that is going to go up to 65% by 2030. Now, imagine what could happen if women said, we are going to start deciding where this money is invested. Yep. We are going to start deciding what's important. And we are going to start shifting our assets to those things. It will change the economy. It will change what is considered to be important. Power goes where money flows. And guess what? We as women, we have the power. We just need to use it. Yes. And implement. This is a very exciting time. Um, our book, Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business, is all about empowering women those who have taken the bull by the horn and really run with it. But Janine's in there for a reason. The work she's doing is transformative. And women, as you listen, think about what is it I'm doing now and how can I be transformed? Because it's not that far from where you are to where we need to go. Janine, as we're going to wrap up, a couple of things you don't want the listener to forget. They often remember the ending even more than the beginning. You've had a wonderful career and you're on a new uh, direction now, which is taking all you've learned and making it available to women and helping them now uh, see, feel, and think in new ways. Some things you don't want them to forget. So I want them to know about the book and remind them about Activate Your Money, Invest to Grow Your Wealth and Build a Better World. It will be published by Wiley in April of 2021. Please keep your eye out for it. If you want to get advanced notice of the book and be aware please come to my website, which is www.semba, S is in Sam, E. Edward, M. Mary, B. Baker, A. Apple.com and click on the button that says join, send in your information and we will keep you informed as this book comes out. The other thing we talked a lot in this about cash, uh, we could have talked about fixed income or public equities. You can learn more about that in your book, in the book. But since we talked about cash, think about the possibility of moving your cash to a bank that is more aligned with your values and that actually delivers for women. And that's an action step that everybody can begin to take. And now the banks themselves can begin to see who is it they're really supporting and how to make that uh, real. It's a very interesting time as I work with other organizations like the Women's Business Collaborative and others who are taking what we believe to be needed and true and turning it into action so we can um, make this whole country a better place and also make the women who are now earning a lot and learning a lot, become good investors so their monies can go where we really want them to, to help those companies who can really help us. I think this has been a wonderful opportunity, Janine. The name of your book again, I just want to emphasize it. For Activate Your Money, Invest to Grow Your Wealth and Build a Better World. And let's all do that.
For all of you who come to hear us and on the brink of fresh lens to take your business to new heights, thank you so much. It's been always a pleasure. I get your emails from across the globe. And what Janine's talking about today is as relevant for you in South Africa, in France, in the UK, in any part of the States, Canada, Mexico, all of you come to us to learn about how you can see, feel, and think in new ways. Don't forget our new book, Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business, is ready for you. And it's going to be an interesting journey to help you rethink your own life's journey. Thanks for coming. Please stay well. Enjoy. Have fun. 